on this week's episode of Polk and Kush. The summer league comes and goes. The Pelicans remain champions of the meaningless. The Saints, not so much, but they did perform in their first exhibition game in two years. We get into all that and so much more, including vaccines in the dome, local news, and of course, cats, lasers, guns. Stick around. You're going to want to hear this right now on Polk and Gush. Come everyone to Polk and Kush coming live on tape from the cavernous Andrew Polk Lounge. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It was a beautiful week uh, in New Orleans. Everybody is cooking. We've got summer league. We got preseason. We got so many games that don't matter, and it is a uh, a wonderful, wonderful thing to have football back in our lives it is uh you've got a certain glow about you <laughs> like maybe you escaped the city recently <laughs> had right. some fun that's right uh, i went to go uh watch everyone's favorite summer pelicans the undefeated summer pelicans how good are the summer pals they're the the exhibition pals the summer pals the exhibition bubble pals they never lose if the game doesn't count, the Pelicans are a locomotive going downhill. Like, quite literally, the Pelicans are undefeated <laughs> in all of the scenarios you mentioned. They were undefeated yeah. in the bubble play, and they were undefeated uh, this summer league. They yeah. were undefeated last summer league. Uh -huh. no, I, yeah, so the last summer league, I guess, was two years ago. So they had lost two games because, like, they didn't have a couple players. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the only time they've lost. When when the stakes don't matter, <laughs> is there a better team? Is that indicative of the city? When nothing matters, <laughs> is really there a better place than New Orleans? <laughs> is that the new tourism campaign when you're, when for TD? <laughs> when you've completely stopped caring. <laughs> Things go pretty good yeah. down in the bayou when you don't give an F. As long as you're willing to eliminate all stakes. Everything is pretty great here. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it was a uh, – but the Summer Pelicans were good, man. I mean, it was – and obviously Las Vegas is Las Vegas. Very interesting being there with masks everywhere. People were fairly compliant, but it was one of those, like, everything's packed. Mm -hmm. Everything's inside in air conditioning. And, like, you know, 80% of people have masks on. And it's like, what are we doing here? I was like, yeah. really? like this is just feels made up. I was like, you guys are just trying to skirt. Like, have you really stopped any spread of this? Can you still smoke in all the yeah. casinos there? Yeah. All right. I mean, that and people are just doing horrible things themselves. And yeah. not to mention, you know, 70 people, of right? Yeah. <laughs> no one, you know, specifically. It's uh, it, it, 70 percent of the people are still wildly obese walking around in 110 degree weather. It's like this is America, baby. We yeah. did it. Yeah. Vegas is the country kitchen buffet of America. <laughs> you can just smoke inside of it. You get a T-shirt that says who farted in like rhinestones. And then you go bet your life savings on black. 
or on the Pelican Summer League team, which is the best bet there is. Although that one point win in the last game cost me a little bit. That was tough. Yeah. That was tough. It was minus two and a half. Should only bet the money line. Oh, on the, some, on the, with, believe me, when exhibition games start, I'm going to be pounding the Pelicans. Pounding. I'm <laughs> a, my mortgage might be on the line. <laughs> More than usual. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad you got away and got to have fun. Yeah, all good. Uh, how was yours? Everything good? I stayed here. Yeah? How was that? I guarded the pile of tires. <laughs> Still an update? Update on the tires? The tires have grown. <laughs> They've attracted more tires. Well, okay, now the city has not picked up recycling <laughs> for two weeks. So the blue, ca- the lonely blue can is out there overflowing with Miller High Life boxes. And pizza, pizza and Miller High Life boxes. Yeah, Little Caesars, High Life boxes. <laughs> The fucking couch you're... S- I'm sorry to curse so soon into the show. <laughs> the couch that you're sitting on came in a giant box, and now it's just out there with the tires. <laughs> Forever. It's like, you ever see, like, the, the animal rescue uh, Instagram pages where there's, like, a capybara hanging out <laughs> with a tortoise? That's what I have with garbage in the front yard. Because the cardboard's living its life. Um, I'm so excited for holidays when we can start decorating the tires. We're we'll going to get some tinsel, get some jack-o'-lanterns, going to dress like a ghost for I, Halloween. I'm going to put yeah. it for sale. I'm Jansen <laughs> selling the tire pile. It's home to many rats. For $22,000, you can buy the pile of tires I in know. front of the new Bud Light Lime studio. I know a faster way to burn through that money, uh, but uh, it just it is unbelievable believable how long that is going to be out there and uh i don't see any signs of it going away man the fans don't want it to no it's the it's it's a actually going to be a monument you know the same way like so they were showing that field of dreams thing did you watch any of that no so the baseball had the field of dreams i know what you're talking about and uh apparently when you go there there's you can take a tour of the house where they shot the movie okay and i was like this isn't a real Nothing actually happened here, but some cameras and actors were in here. So that's going to be like us is you're not going to be able to see anything of us making the podcast. But for those of you going on tours, be like, oh, we're going to go see the tire pile. They can see some they can see some haunted memories of the podcast. (laughs) They'll see the high life boxes (laughs) overflowing from the blue trash can has been stolen. By the time this comes out, someone will have stolen it. They will have wheeled it down the street. <laughs> the, the, w- the dumbest one of those tours I ever took was in Boston. I went, uh, we, we went to John F. Kennedy's childhood home. And within about 40 seconds, you're going like, why would we care about this? Yeah. It's just like where a six-year-old played Twister. Like, who, who gives a shit? Like, he didn't, like, uh, like, his house where he was like banging Marilyn Monroe and he was making executive decisions about the world and, you know, faking, uh, you know, the election results. Yeah, that would be really cool. That was the White House. Yeah, I was like, that sounds great. I'd like to go on that tour. I was like, this tour of his bedroom when he was a baby. That's like, who, why, why do I care? I went on a tour to uh, Butcher Holler, Loretta Lynn's childhood home, which okay. was like a shanty. It but she like, like wrote music about that at least, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's a real shithole. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I went there with my family and uh, we got stuck in a ditch. And her like, you know, possum shooting cousins came out of the wood. There was a boy playing banjo very well. They gave us water. I, this is all true. That's unbelievable. They got us out of the ditch. And then after this harrowing tale of being lost in 
butcher holler. We had to go, you know, give some little old haunted lady a ticket. <laughs> and be like, hey, we're here to see the shack that some lady wrote songs in. This is it. All this right. Is a good, great. All right. Do you have postcards? I'll totally take worth a, it. I'll take a postcard and a sticker. <laughs> what city is that in? City's probably a stretch. It's the holler in Butcher. Where is Butcher? It's in I th- it's Missouri? either in Tennessee or Kentucky. Okay. Wow, that sounds what a scene. Well, just our, like Graceland. <laughs> I feel like our uh, hillbilly listeners are furious right now. No, yeah. My lack of memory. Yeah, Snuffy Smith is just <laughs> yelling at the at his well, iPhone right now. Uh, Rustin listeners are about to drop another four star on us. Um, so <laughs> there's no. There's no way to segue that into the Pelicans right now. I could have done it. I'm a masterful wordsmith. How could you do it? You can't. Speaking of summer, (laughs) you don't have to actually do anything. anything. People listening aren't really listening. This is playing while they're yelling at their kid. They're swatting at their kids in the backseat. They're at work responding to an email they don't care about. Slamming their head against the steering wheel. Yeah, no one's truly listening. So we go, oh, yeah, speaking of... uh, (laughs) Speaking of Murphy's, yeah, <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so the Pelican Summer League team, as we touched on, uh, they were very good. Uh, I think it was a probably the most interesting summer league the Pelicans have had in a very long time, mostly because they had a lot of their own guys. Did you get to watch any of it? I did. Uh, it was nine. There were five guys, yeah, actually out there as opposed to the usual zero. Yes, exactly. Typically, the Pelicans have had no draft picks, and uh, and even the Zion year, and they had so many, I think those guys only played a game or two. Uh, Zion famously played like eight minutes. Uh, this was very different. So this was, you had uh, your first-round pick, Trey Murphy, who played outstanding in most of the games. You had Didi Luzada. You had Kyra Lewis. You had uh, Herb Jones. And I know I'm miss and and Najee Marshall, and so it was a good group. Like it really was a very legitimate uh, group of guys who, at least some of whom, will definitely have to help the Pelicans this year. And I thought you saw kind of what you wanted for all of them. Kyra Lewis didn't play particularly well, but everybody else I think had a pretty nice summer. Yeah, Trey Murphy was definitely the talk of summer league. Yeah, he. Uh shined in every single spot that the Pelicans needed him to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he proved that that first game, where I believe he had 28 points, we mentioned this on the last podcast, yeah. was not just a fluke. He's sure. a very good shooter. He's a smart player. And he uh, was the shining example of summer league and definitely a bright spot to look forward to this season. I would see many scenarios in which he could start next year. Uh, and that is not something I would have said coming into this, and I'm not just saying it because of how he performed in Summer League because that's always like kind of a mirage, but the role he was playing, the way he defended, especially uh, Kuminga from uh, Golden State, who is a legitimate, very good player, and he's just a very physical guy defensively. He's tall, he's strong, and he can stand up and shoot a jump shot over people, and that is a skill the Pelicans need so badly surrounding the guys they currently have. So even though he might not necessarily be the fifth best player on the team right now, I think he fits a role that makes a lot of sense. I just see it. I can see him fitting in really well into that starting lineup, more so than I see Devontae Graham even, and more so than I see Josh Hart. You're referring to the starting lineup in October, yeah, not the following season. No, I'm talking like right now. Very interesting. Like rookie starter. I think he could do it. 
I'm not saying he will, but I think he could. I think it's it will be a very real race between him and Nikhil to see who's starting there. And who's the point guard? We still don't know that either. Well, the fact that we're even having this conversation speaks volumes over the talent and the hope about last season's team. Yeah. This would not have been an argument. The starters were known from day one on that team. That's true. The fact that there is some hope and that these players are uh, surprising us already yeah. is, uh, my God, hopeful. Yes. And if there's a word we don't use a lot <laughs> in general <laughs> on the podcast in reference to sports, hopeful. Yeah. Hope. So uh, I'm going to be as optimistic as possible. And uh, I'm happy to see it. Uh, you were saying we don't know who's going to be starting for this team yet. Yeah. That is probably the most uh, unanswered question right now, the most interesting unanswered question yeah. for this team uh, heading into the very soon early October start. Yeah, I mean, that early October is ridiculous. They announced today the Pelicans will not be playing on Christmas. They will also not be on opening night. Uh, they will not, in fact, opening week, they will not be on national TV. Uh, a pretty clear indication from the league's TV partners. It says, like, look, like, you guys mattered for two years because Zion was there and, and he was uh, uh, something of, of, you know, a magnet for, for eyeballs. And the fact is that, like, unless you win, no one really cares. Uh, you're not relevant, and whether or not that matters to the Pelicans, I don't know, but it is definitely a change uh, from a team that was on national TV constantly to one that now I think is going to be just sort of an also-ran entering the season. In some ways, it could probably help, allows them to kind of slip under the radar a little bit more, uh, but I did think that was interesting, and I think in addition to that, this is a team kind of searching for its identity, and what it's decided it's going to do is build internally, like they re-signed Josh Hart. They are kind of building the whole thing around uh, Zion and, and Ingram. They didn't bring in a star around them. They just brought in a couple of complementary pieces, you would say. And so this is a, I mean, it is, it is, they've, they've put their nuts on the line a little bit when it comes to like trusting the dudes that were on their roster to get a lot better. Yeah, and I don't know if the media is punishing New Orleans because they're not no. that good. Like, the the Pelicans play, I believe, four days after opening tip-off, and it's not, you know, a primetime game. The Christmas game, eh, yeah. I don't, you know, like Boston is playing some of those games. Yeah, uh, and New York always plays. Like, the that, Nuggets yeah, yeah. aren't even playing on opening day. Yeah. So, yeah. some of this stuff, I'm sure, is more big market, small market. And also, the guy who put the Pelicans on TV 30 times last season yeah. is in a ditch yeah. somewhere. <laughs> the last two seasons. That guy, they're <laughs> like, whatever that guy did, please do the opposite. I don't I don't know if it's necessarily New Orleans has to put up or shut up. I. I that's what I had tweeted. Yeah. And it caused some people got mad. People get mad at everything you I tweet. Know, that is true. <laughs> They're mad at the new font on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. They're blaming <laughs> you for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. It's an indication that the league as a whole is no longer fixated on, look, Zion's playing. You know, that's enough. Right. The same way that, like, oh, the Knicks are playing. That's enough. For a long time, that was true. Even when the Knicks sucked, they'd still be on TV a lot because it's like, oh, people like to watch the Knicks. And th I think Zion was one of those guys, and there's not many of them. And it's like, oh, it doesn't matter who he's playing, what the situation is. If Zion's playing, it's worth watching. And now it's not. 
And I think that is a little bit of a slap in the face to Zion, who's someone who is still a big freaking deal. And I'm sure he thinks he's still a big freaking deal. But they've got, if they want to be relevant again, this time they have to earn it. They didn't have to earn it the last two years. They were on TV no matter what. Well, now they have to earn it. Well, New York was on TV because they're a city of yes. 15 million people as yeah. opposed to a city of 500,000. Yeah. And a 70-year-old and franchise plays in the most famous arena. All those things are... Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I you know, these, these are two games. I, I don't know if this is quite the besmirching of the Pelicans' good name as, as you may think. Well, I, think, I don't think they're on at all opening week. On TV. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that, and that's a lot of teams that are playing on that and on national TV opening week, and they're not. So I think they're just sort of an also-ran, uh, which they deserve to be, to be fair. like they're Do a, they care at all about this? The players? Yeah. I have no idea. But I'm just saying, if they want to become relevant again, they have to win. The league has basically said that, or the TV partners. That's like, correct. It's like, look, you don't matter unless you win to us. And that's fine. I think that's totally reasonable. The last two years, they mattered even while losing. And this year, that's not true. Just the fact Zion is playing, even as good as he is, is not good enough. And so the same thing happened to Anthony Davis in his third year. They, I think they had very few hand, uh, you know, national TV games. And he ended up playing great, made All-NBA. It was a big deal the next season. They were on opening night. So it's not as if it's a you know, lifetime ban or sentence right. or anything like that. But I think it does speak to where they are from a national level when we talk about the attention that this franchise gets. On the court, though, there is a huge gap in saying, I don't know who the Pelicans' guards are right now. I don't think anyone knows who the Pelicans' guards are right now. Alonzo Ball is out, uh, and that's pretty much all we know, right? Like, is it Nikhil? Is it, are you going to, I mean, I don't think you can play Josh Hart as a guard. Are you going to play Sadoransky? You're going to play Graham? You're going to play Trey Murphy? Like, I don't know where you go at those two positions where there's someone who's necessarily proven and maybe it doesn't matter that much because you have Zion and Ingram who both have the ball most of the time, but it's sort of weird to be here, you know, about on the cusp of, uh, what are we, two months now from opening night? Yeah, barely. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I don't know, I mean, I, I, could, I couldn't tell you with any confidence that there's going to be which two guards are going to be starting. You know, this is an increasingly positionless game, and the size difference between the positions on the Pelicans is kind of stark. Nikhil is, what, 6'9 now? He had a growth spurt. So, like, playing yeah. him at shooting guard versus playing Josh Hart at shooting guard, yeah. th this is going to be a, a, a fast-paced rotation, mostly positionless. You know, you've you, you got people that are still convinced Zion is going to play point Zion yeah, for will. 15, 20 minutes a game. And if that's happening, these players are going to rotate so much that it's not even going to matter. That's probably true. What's going to matter more is Trey Murphy and Devontae and people like this being able to hit the shots whenever, uh, yeah. you know, from the wing, when, whenever uh, Zion is inside and Jonas is in there and they're able to kick the ball out. Is there yeah. going to be somebody able to score unlike there was last season? This is yeah. going to be a team that's going to have to uh, figure out who they can trust and how to draw, uh, 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 how to put points on the board by drawing people away from Zion. Yeah, completely. I mean, that is, that obviously that is the offense, right? Is like put the ball in Zion and Ingram's hands, and then build sort of you know satellite pieces around them that hopefully draw defenders to them, and if not, make them pay for it. But 
And that is somewhat positionless. It I, is. I, it is. You're right. I, I, I completely agree. That is positionless. But at the same time, you've got to match it from the other side. Too. Right. But do you need a point guard in that situation? Is Thomas Sadoransky going to play 25 minutes a game because he's Who? a point guard? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, where does Josh Hart fit into this? I don't even know where Josh Hart fits into this. I mean, he's a good rebounder. So, I mean, he'll play those minutes. And he got paid a lot of money just now because they couldn't really afford to let him go considering where the roster was. He was a restricted free agent. They paid him, you know, a three-year contract. And what was it, $38 million? Something, uh, 38 36 something That's like that. That's a lot of money for a guy who doesn't start and doesn't shoot. Well, where Josh Hart fits into this is those players that we're talking about, these hypothetical shooters, are going to be missing a lot. Yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> he's gotta, Somebody's got to collect the ball. Somebody's got to get that ball. Yeah. Uh, somebody who's not a tank trudging up and down the floor. <laughs> somebody who's not a wayfish wing yeah. on the yeah. corner. <laughs> they need a, a, a Russell Westbrook without the shooting ability and half the athleticism <laughs> out there to go and get these balls. Yeah, and so, I mean, he certainly has his role, whether, I mean, I, I don't think you can even argue that he's, he's, he's definitely being overpaid. I mean, that's a lot of money to give a guy who doesn't really, you know, I don't think he really affects the game enough, you know. He plays hard and he's good in terms of like you like watching him play, but he's not a guy who's going to sw like swing wins and losses all that often. Uh, and then what? Coming off the bench, you got Garrett Temple, and you know a, a lot of young guys, right? You got the Kyra Lewis, the Jackson Hayes. The there there's a lot. I mean, there are so many question marks in this team for a season that is as being built up as important as this one, when you watch Summer League and you see five guys out there, all of whom you say, yeah, I think that guy might play this year. I think that guy might play a lot this year. Yeah. And that's a weird thing. Like, I don't think there's a lot of other teams that think they're very serious playoff contenders who had five guys on the court at Summer League who thought that they were going to be playing on the in the real NBA this year. Well, maybe this is where Josh Hart is an asset to this team because Josh Hart... Is not a sharpshooter. Uh, his position is a little varied with the Pelicans, but he has great vibes. He does have good vibes. And the if you have a team with so much question <laughs> and you've got five potential players, maybe even a couple of potential starters playing Summer League, you need some cohesion there so it's not just strangers. You need some good vibes. Yeah. Josh yeah. Hart is providing them. Brandon Ingram is Groot, man. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> He's just a stoic tree with cool shirts. He wears, like, Megadeth he shirts. He has the coolest shirts, man. He's if I see him in, like, a Metallica shirt, I'm like, name three songs. Yeah, fuck <laughs> and then he'll, you know, just punch me in the face. It's better than Nikhil who's wearing, like, Jeff Gordon T-shirts, like, that, you know, the gas station Rustin sold, you know? Like Dude, that. those are... You're coming for Rustin tonight. <laughs> They're a big Jeff Gordon country. You're going to upset the Love's yeah. truck stop, the main <laughs> source of income. Uh, but no, Josh. Well, also, you get rid of Josh Hart. Who do you replace? Like, it was too late in the game for them. Yes. Th this is why he got overpaid a little. He had them over a barrel. Yeah. I think that is a, a fair thing to say. If he was gone right now, I think we would feel worse than Definitely. if he was here and slightly overpaid. You could not let him walk at the stage in which. So he played it well as far as he waited. And I think a lot of rumors out there swirl that he was going to get traded for Buddy Heal, that he was going to get traded for somebody, you know, whether to Cleveland or whether that. And like, sure enough. 
He kept waiting and waiting and waiting and realized the Pelicans needed him more than anybody else needed him. Hammered out a negotiation, and that's how it works. So they couldn't have used that money, really, um, on anybody else as far as, like, an open free agent market. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say this free agency was, uh, was great. I don't think it was. I think the Pelicans end up in a situation that's not horrible. Uh, but they went into this. If you were to listen to us three weeks ago and then you smash cut to now, uh, they swung and missed hard. Uh, at plan A, B, C, D, whatever. They didn't, their only real upgrades were Jonas at center, which is a solid upgrade, but it's really only one year. It's not a long-term fix. And then I think Devontae Graham and Lonzo Ball is probably a wash, you know? I think he probably fits the Pelicans a little bit better um, overall, but I think it's mostly a wash. Statistically, it's a wash. Financially, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Agreed. Compared to paying Lonzo 21, I'm just saying, if this team is going to get better. Talent, well, we're speaking on a talent-only level right now. Yes. If this team is going to be significantly better than they were last year, which we have said many, many, many times, is very, very important. If they're going to be a lot better than they were last year, it has to come almost exclusively from guys who are already here and getting better. That is a big ask of Willie Green. It's a big ask of that development staff, and it is a very interesting way to approach a very important season when a lot of other GMs would have kind of, you know, shaken the whole thing up. And they tried to. They tried to go get Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul and do all these things. It all didn't work. So now they're relying completely on internal, uh, you know, growth and Godspeed because if it doesn't work, that guy's going to get torched, man. David Griffin's going to – his are on the line. Sure. They are on the line by us and hopefully a couple other people. Hey, come on Twitter right now. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, uh, we've got so much more. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with the Saints. All right. Ooh. Ale. Oh. Three words, a lifetime of memories. Ale on Oak, Uptown's finest patio, 30 beers on tap, a spacious, safe, clean, hygienic patio. Wonderful staff. Remember staff? <laughs> you remember employees? Most places don't have those anymore. Ale, best bar staff in town. Smiles. They know everything on the menu. They know your drink. You go in, you're like Norm on Cheers. <laughs> Ale on Oak, the finest patio in all of Uptown. Uh, if you were looking for a nice cold beer, if you were looking for a place to watch preseason football and soon real football, Ale on Oak, the place to be. They will definitely get the games on. Uh, Saints, next Monday night. Uh, please, uh, if you are not going to the Superdome, uh, the best place to be is definitely Ale on Oak. You can watch on the patio out there. Uh, tons of TVs, tons of fans, tons of beer. Uh, I don't know what else you're doing, man. Get yourself a burger. I got one of the better burgers I've uh, had uptown. It is a fantastic place to be. And if you want to impress people, if you got a date, if you got a friend, maybe you have friends. You listen to the show, so I don't know. But if you have a friend, Bring them to Ale on Oak. You know what Bring women like? Down. They like a decision made for them. 
Yes. You're on the apps right now. You've matched with a woman. You've matched with a man. Tell them, hey, hey, baby. <laughs> you know, su- sweeten it up a little. <laughs> go. How about this Friday? We go to Ale on Oak. Over 30 beers on tap. That's right. I heard about it on this podcast I listened to. <laughs> Apparently, there's beautiful people there. And then if they don't unmatch, you're going to have a great time. One of the best times. Grab a beer. Grab a burger. Watch some sports. What could be finer than a night at Ale on Oak? That is on Oak, uh, on Oak Street, right about a block or two from the streetcar line uh, on Carrollton. You will have a good time. We guarantee it. Oh, yeah. That's a sponsor. Preseason football at Ale, always a blast. Preseason football in general, a blast. I missed it. You missed the game? No, no, no. Well, I, I watched about half the game. Was that, like, they didn't have it last year. I missed it. Oh, right. I missed preseason I was going to go, oh, shit. I got to talk about this by myself? <laughs> I only Uh-oh. saw about a quarter and a half. I had to go to the airport. Oh, uh, that old excuse. Yeah. So, McCarran. Yeah. Yes. You got to gamble while you're at Shake Shack. That's right. There are a lot of it was. That's a sad scene in that McCarran airport. <laughs> My goodness. Can you imagine adding preseason football to how sad it is <laughs> at it, that airport? It really is a Tom Waits song. That airport It is just <laughs> and the man's eating a chicken sandwich alone looking at his bank account. Uh, it is horrible. <laughs> Everybody there looks. I always fly out at night too. Even I, when we don't do Jansen, you have to sing <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, I always leave at night, and it's always just you know people have been kicked out of their hotel rooms for nine hours, oh, and they're just yeah. like stro- like streaming through the desert trying to figure out what to do with themselves. It is uh, a wonderful little hellscape, the McCarran Airport. But uh, the Saints game. I actually thought was pretty entertaining. I thought the Saints actually played pretty well, uh, better than I was expecting, to be perfectly honest. And the only problem was that they turned the ball over 100 times. Yeah, that was uh, what I would call an issue. Yeah. Quite a few turnovers. Um, The quarterback battle is still a little hazy. Yeah, it's a pillow fight. I think we can call it that. You know, I, I you said on the podcast, and I've remained steadfast, I don't think that there is a quarterback battle because the Saints are just so thin at everything. You can't really afford to have Taysom yeah. at quarterback. Yeah. But then you see these galoots out there, and it's like, uh-oh. Is Ian Book the future? <laughs> I know. I mean, it was not great. Uh, you it- should sing the Reading Rainbow song whenever <laughs> I mention, take a look. It's Ian Book. He's fucking bad. <laughs> fucking bad. He's fucking overthrow. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, he looked like a little breeze out there. Sure. Just the fact that he's short. Yeah, like forty-three-year-old breeze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I look. Taysom Hill is not the answer. Uh, Jameis Winston's not the answer. They are one of them is going to be the quarterback this year. Long term, I have a very hard time seeing either of them really be the future of this team. Uh, I was re- the the only things that really concerned me were the way Jameis stood in the pocket and he doesn't move in the pocket. Like we're so spoiled by Breeze, and that when you see those two tackles collapsing on the outside, Breeze was so good at stepping up, buying two extra seconds, and finding someone who's open and throwing the ball to them. That didn't happen. Jameis just stood there and took a nine-yard loss. 
happened, what, three times? Uh, and you're like, oh, this is bad because these receivers are not going to get open <laughs> very quickly. Uh, and then with Taysom, it's just like, oh, he can't throw. He's very bad at throwing the ball, which is important. Uh, and he had a couple nice balls, I suppose, to Callaway, who was very open. He had a nice game. Uh, but then the interception was terrible. And he's just, I have no faith in him to throw the ball. So where does that leave you? I, I don't really know. I thought the running game looked pretty good. Uh, but again, it's just turnovers and that. And like, it wasn't the end of the world. And defensively, they're better than I expected. But it's like, yeah, these two quarterbacks are both very flawed. They are flawed. Um, Jameis's, I think it was his first snap. He handed it off to Devonta Freeman, who immediately fumbled it. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, he did not look great either. No. The running game as a whole did not seem ideal. That backup looked good. Who? Jones Jr. Tony Jones Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good at the training camp I went to. You got it. The next Chris Ivory. So. Next Pierre Thomas. <laughs> we found him. Training camp star. Yeah. He'll be on the Jets soon enough. Just like Chris <laughs> Ivory. Remember when we thought he was going to be the future because he was like 6'4 or whatever? He had a good year. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, it's just, you know, you don't want to draw a ton of conclusions from preseason, but I think most of the things that we were concerned about were there. Uh, the the areas that were much better than expected, though, right, is like the linebackers looked competent. Yeah, Zach Bond had himself a day. Yeah, he was like all over the field and like helping shore up the edge and like did a lot of good stuff. And then Paulson and Debo. Is it a Debo over Debo? Have we ever figured that out? I think it's a Debo. Sure. They said it several times of on the course. broadcast. I was listening. I was, tr- I was, I was in White Claw country. <laughs> I don't know what they were saying. Population me. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, I thought he looked good. Yeah, he uh, looked good. Yeah. Also, we're saying a lot of people look good. Everyone on the Ravens has coronavirus. That's also true. They had some mailmen out there, and not Carl Malone either. Yeah, the no. regular mailmen. Did Lamar play at all? I missed the first two drives. No. Okay, I didn't. Yeah, I, I think he has COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has it for the second time. Yeah. And he's still not getting vaccinated. He doesn't need the hundred dollars. He's a man. <laughs> he's a man of principle. <laughs> no, it was like. Uh, that other guy was like another running quarterback, Hughley or some shit. D.L. Hughley. <laughs> oh, Brett Hundley. This That's is right. w- this That's is why right. you tune in to Paul. Yes, Kush. exactly. D.L. Hughley. Some guy. <laughs> some guy. Remember the guy from Kings of Comedy? <laughs> he was playing quarterback for the Ravens, and we still lost. <laughs> he was very tiny. He looked tiny out there. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, he was flossing on everybody yeah, out there. Yeah, Trace McSorley was out there. I, that, that frat star has been out there playing for, for years, too. Uh, yeah, of course, the Ravens are not particularly talented. Uh, they have won 18 preseason games in a row, though. That's pretty wild. Is it? That's wild. That's a flip of the coin. It landed the same way 18 times. That's pretty incredible. I guess so. Um, so, overall, I don't come away thinking a whole lot I'm not any more discouraged by the Saints than I was before the week. In fact, I think the Adebo thing and the, uh, what's it called? Who, Zach Bond and, frankly, Marcus Davenport, who I've shit on a lot, but I think he played Marcus well. Davenport had a good game yeah. out there. And, like, just to see the defense kind of come alive as far as, like, actual playmaking, not just, like, letting the other team throw in completions, uh, that was good to see. Like, 
I didn't know who was going to be back there for the Saints in the secondary. So, yeah, will game one be rough against Aaron Rodgers? Yes, it will be very bad. It is not Brett Hundley and D.L. Hughley they're facing. It is going to be a significantly <laughs> harder test. Uh, however, uh, I do come away thinking, like, quarterbacks I knew were going to be bad. They were bad. The receivers, except Marcus Callaway, were bad. They were bad. Uh, but otherwise, I think there's some good things to look at. I think Monday will be very interesting against Jacksonville, uh, especially in the Dome. And these guys are going to be electric in the Dome. A full Dome? How many people do you think actually go? Let's see. It's 70 cap. Yep. Um, 20,000 ticket holders currently in the hospital. <laughs> um, I mean, how many ticket holders are not vaccinated? How I Half? Uh, I don't know. That I have no idea. No, neither do I. They're saying half Louisiana is not vaccinated. Yeah, I would guess 20 to 25,000 Saints season ticket holders are not vaccinated. Quite possibly. But... How many of those 20,000 have Microsoft Word? <laughs> this isn't rocket science. You can just type it over uh, the photo, and then you're showing it, you know, to that prisoner, like, scanning yeah. your bag at the door. You think they're going to go, what? That sticker's <laughs> n- oval. It's supposed to be a rectangle. This uh, is fraudulent. Yeah, I, You're uh, showing it on your cricket phone with your <laughs> shitty yeah, camera? Exactly. So they're going to go, yeah, that's it. Just move. Do it doesn't matter. Move along. Uh, so the Saints are requiring, in case you have not been paying attention, the Saints are uh, not only are the Saints requiring vaccination, uh, you are also required to wear a mask when you're in there. Very good luck enforcing that, everybody. Uh, simultaneously, uh, they are not giving refunds uh, to those people who are not vaccinated. So if you don't want to go because you don't or can't go because you don't have a vaccine, uh, the Saints say uh, F you. We don't care. That's kind of uh, that's a sticky situation because there are probably people that are fully vaccinated that might be like a cancer survivor. Yep. Or a school teacher. Yep. Or have children who are not of age to get vaccinated. Yep. All these things are true. The Saints giving. No refunds to any of them. I think it is uh, insane, frankly. Well, I mean, you know, I people, I think, maybe have a general idea of where I live. The other day, I, I went outside. Gail Benson was in my trash can. Oh, yeah. She was taking cans out. <laughs> the pandemic has struck everyone. She Times are hard. She has to get this ticket money. I, I can't believe they're willing to do this. Cause the, and again. I'm going to say for the 1,000th, get vaccinated. Everyone should be vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, I think you are stupid, okay? So I'm not <laughs> saying to stand up for the unvaccinated people. I think anyone who's not doing it at this point is selfish and stupid. That being said, not allowing refunds for people when you've made a decision like this is really weird. Yeah. It is not safe. It is not a safe environment, no matter what they say or do. It is uh, a really bizarre landscape that you've set up that you're going to be indoors with thousands upon thousands of people. No one is going to be actually wearing a mask for the majority of the game. They might wear it like in between walking from one thing to the next, but they're holding a beer. They're not going to have a mask on. I promise you. And you know what people do there? They hold beers. Yeah, the whole game. So it's like uh, I- I'm to not give refunds is really weird to me, and I don't know how they're going to do it, and maybe it's just kind of a uh, – 
you know, we'll see how the people react kind of thing. Like, let's start the line here and then we can move it. But that that was a very strange move. I think it's going to piss a lot of people off. I think it's going to piss off a lot of season ticket holders. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you can sell the seats on SeatGeek. And it's like, wait, so you're taking my money and then you're telling me to sell the tickets on the app, which you get 25% of on the resale. So you get my money again. Not a good okay. look. Not okay. a good look. It's shitty. Of course, no one locally is calling them out. No one. Unbelievable. No one is calling. All the people who are praising Jazz Fest for like how great they were for public health and what an amazing thing that they did by canceling. What a responsible decision Jazz Fest made. And then the Saints are like, we're going to put 70 fucking thousand people in the Superdome and maybe you have to wear a mask. Uh and, oh, yeah, and you can show us a piece of cardboard that says you're vaccinated, even though vaccinated people are also getting COVID, and you have no idea if a, vaccinated, uh, if a person with active COVID is coming into the dome. That, no problem. Well, that's sure. because the, the Jazz Fest people, they, they're playing red versus blue. They're playing a team game. They don't really care about how people feel not. or the actual outcomes on people's lives. No, they're, or the statistics of what actually getting sick means. They're team versus team. Yeah. And the fact that on once, like going, you should be vaccinated to go to the Superdome. You go, yeah, that's, that's correct. I agree with that. Yeah, of course. And you go, well, here's the flip side of that. And they go, nope, my team already won. <laughs> I won't be listening to anything else. I read a headline from WDSU today, and the headline said, unvaccinated people and untested people cannot get refunds to go to the Saints. And I was like, neither can the vaccinated yeah. or the tested. That's such a bullshit way to phrase it. It's such a, a pandering bullshit way to put it. And it's like, because they know the comments that are going to come in next are all good for them. That's so nice. Like, you should just, I'm not saying you should let unvaccinated people into the Superdome. No. You shouldn't. Correct. You also shouldn't let people who are not tested if they're unvaccinated. Of course not. But you should also be able to offer refunds to those who aren't going to go because they're in the middle of a pandemic. You're the only team in the NFL who's doing all of this. That's it. Well, the, the refund also would not necessarily mean an empty seat. No. Those seats would still go on SeatGeek and somebody would get them. This is the Saints saying, instead of us having to sell them on SeatGeek, you have to risk it and sell them on SeatGeek. Yeah. And in some circumstances, some fans might make some money. I bet the Packers game makes money. I bet the Buccaneers game makes money. The rest of them won't. And so you're telling your own fans to just go shove it if you're 70 years old and you don't want to go sit inside the Superdome. It's bonkers. And no one's saying anything. No one. You know who is saying something? The Polk and Kush podcast. You're goddamn right. Yeah. So anyway, that's my rant for the night on that. I, I ha They have to change it. They have to allow people who say they are vaccinated and do not feel comfortable going to the Dome, give them the opportunity to not go, to, to at least get their money back. That is insane. Anyway, uh, I, I don't know what else near necessarily to make about the saints right now but i do find that to be a, a really interesting conversation i think monday will be a very interesting day for the saints and i i made a joke about anybody that has photoshop anybody that has word can can fake or forge these documents uh well how about speaking something into reality thousands of fake vaccine cards <laughs> have been confiscated 
at the port of New Orleans. I I had read that it was somewhere on, I thought it was the port of like Memphis or something, but they were all headed to New Orleans. Maybe that's it. I think it was like, f- like fifteen shipments or something of it were all headed to New Orleans. You're like correct. To the CBD. I was like, of course, the asshole capital of the world. <laughs> Let me pull this up. A shipment of fake COVID vaccine cards from China. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really, China? Yeah. <laughs> Getting us again? <laughs> Headed to... Maybe that's China's way of like, oh, okay, we'll fix it. Yeah, Here's, oh yeah. <laughs> here you go. Here's a bunch of... <laughs> Headed to New Orleans. Intercepted in Memphis. Officers say there were 15 such shipments of low-quality counterfeit vaccine cards. I'm a graphic designer. There are photos of these cards. I pulled out my real card. Yeah. Checked it against this. These things don't look low quality. Real? I mean, like, yeah. I, I don't know how many, how many people are going to like be skeptical when they look at one and think you have a fake vaccine how, card. Okay, who's looking at these things? Bouncers. Yeah. Uh, guys in dark bars. Guys at strip clubs. Guys yep. that have taken nine shots of Firefly whiskey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. That and people with no incentive to turn anyone away. Of course. The, the, like, it's not like a fake ID. Like a fake ID, the restaurant or bar or strip club can get in a lot of trouble. There's no, like, there's no preparation for how to, use a, how to turn away someone with a fake vaccine card. Yeah, and this was a total of 3,000 cards. Jesus Christ. That's, uh, what's the percentage of, okay, how many people are in New Orleans? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like with 350,000 in the city proper. I mean, these things look good. Uh, really, just the thing is that there's no plan to fight this not being uh, authentic. No. There's no seal on it. There's no tamper thing. There's no, no hologram. This is a white card that literally anyone could <laughs> yes. could make or fake. Yeah. If you're a Packer fan coming down here from Wisconsin and they're like, I, uh, I didn't get vaccinated, and I needed for one day to have a card. Be like, I'll just buy one of these stupid things. You don't think guys are going to be selling these the same way they sell fake weed? Sure. Like, of course, they're going to be available everywhere. I, I just don't know. How long is it going to take these dudes at the Superdome to check these things? They can't look for more than one second. How many regulations are there going in there right now? Women can't have purses. They yeah, have to have, like, a sandwich bag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really is something ridiculous like that. It has to it be is. clear. Yeah. It can't be bigger than, you know, a bread box, whatever the fuck a bread yeah, box exa- is. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like the size of a fist. And, <laughs> I mean, it's the whole thing is not. I mean, yeah, there are the million regulations for safety, none of which they really do anything about. Um, and these are just the cards coming to New Orleans that have been intercepted because they were coming on a boat. There's some guy with a printer. Yeah. <laughs> in Alexandria, Louisiana, yeah. not having this stuff go by boat. And if he gets pulled over by a sheriff in Raccoon Fart, Louisiana, uh-huh. pops open the trunk and sees 10,000 cars and go, all right, <laughs> give me one. <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work there. Keep him out of our bloodstream, yeah. huh? Maybe don't use Comic Sans next time, but <laughs> looks pretty good. Volcanes Comic Sans so much. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, man. Of course it was headed here. Just like, of course. Yeah. There was no question. It it doesn't really. 
Does it affect anything? Because people that are doing this are going to get away with it one way or the other. Yes. I'm, the, the most important thing to do right now is get the vaccine. If your family can get it, if your kids can get it, because the schools right now, 3,000 positive COVID kids <laughs> just in the first week. Jesus. We are on today's Tuesday. We are nine days into the school year for most people, I believe, in Orleans Parish. Yeah, it's super contagious. All of my nieces have been quarantined. Really? Because somebody they're in three different schools oh my god my girlfriend's a teacher it's it's a fucking disaster everywhere it's bad i suppose if there's one good thing it appears to be most of the children are simply testing positive being exposed they're not getting you know i'm sure there are specific instances here and there but it seems overwhelmingly like it's just we're going to ride this through and all the schools are going to be digital probably by Friday. Yeah, I know. Uh, God, don't speak that into existence, please, for the love of God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget. Uh, some people have chilled. <laughs> I need school I, to be open so yeah. badly. I, I was drinking wine when you got here. I live a carefree <laughs> lifestyle. I'm drinking wine out of a Three Stooges mug I got from a gas station. This is real country club life you got going here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're talking about New Orleans. A mysterious cone-headed sculpture appeared at an uptown intersection saying, Take me to your potholes. Late last week, a large cone-shaped papier-mâché sculpture popped up at Leak Avenue, Eagle Street, and Oak Street in the Riverbend neighborhood. It was a sculpture making fun of potholes, the ongoing construction, blah, blah, blah. I'm sick of the shit, New Orleans. <laughs> Your satire is 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 old. People putting like the little like decorations around the giant potholes. Yeah, it was cute nine years ago. Now it's like this place is a death trap. <laughs> Can we not put the little Mad Hatter hat on the thing? What's going to be next? Are, are there going to be like chalk outlines of people that have been shot? And then we write like, do you Nola next to it? <laughs> One of those little boards where you write your dream that, uh, yeah. underneath. You know, the That's just outline. the gumbo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of this whimsical added because everyone here is on vacation. This yeah. is Vacation USA. Of course. Yeah. This is the island of lost boys. Certainly. It is. I don't I don't want to read a story about a whimsical cone in the fucking street. I I appreciate it. I get why it's like this is just old. But at this point, it's like if you can't if you've chosen to stay here and you're putting up with this every day, you almost have to try to laugh at it because it is ridiculous. The exact same way you have a pile of tires outside of your house for the last six months and nothing's going to happen to it. It's like, I guess you just have to embrace the suck the same way, you know, like when the Saints are 0-12, you'll be like, all right, well, I hope they lose. You know, like, uh, I, I just... It's a it's a baghead mentality. It is. A, it is a, all of it is, is the baghead mentality. We started the bagheads in the 80s, and uh, it's quickly just embraced everything in our life. It's like, you know, when you shit on us, we take the shit and we make a jacket out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, this is a... Conehead. He's supposed to look like Dan Aykroyd, apparently, from Coneheads. Oh, gotcha. No one knows that. No. No one remembers that. No. Just are, are, how many decor, how many whimsical decorations are we going to do about huge problems in the yeah. city? It's all marketed on it. 
Mardi Gras is all these floats just like being like, our mayor sucks. Yeah. Like, well, that's like crew de vous, you know? Yeah. It's like, all right. It's like, you're right. Everything there, you're not wrong. Like, everything sucks here. <laughs> How about the police chief? They're not stopping any of the murders. <laughs> like, oh, that's true, too. <laughs> like, so, I, I, yeah. I mean, thank God, you know, we've gotten uh, all these mask mandates. I'm sure that will keep everybody very safe. And they should do jailhead. They should have, <laughs> like, a whimsical jail character outside of the prison. The bulletproof vest mandates. I'm sure yeah. that'll be the next. That'll be the next satirical thing. Will be you know whatever. God, Crudevu is going to be absolutely insufferable the next time we see them. There is no worse Crudevu than the year after Trump got elected. Oh my God! I was like, you guys, this isn't. What are you doing? None of this is even funny. It's like, oh, there's something shoved up Donald Trump's butt. Hilarious guys for the 16th float in a row. Well, now it's going to be coronavirus shoved up his butt. Yeah, it's like, oh, God, man. It is uh, when you're cynical here, <laughs> it's really easy to stay cynical. At least we're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I, I do understand uh, what's going on there. Like, you do have to poke fun at living here sometimes because... Otherwise, you would just move to a place that's better. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those stories that's completely dependent on the time of day you see it. Completely, yes. <laughs> it's like after you've driven through the madness of like a rush hour on Claver. Like, I saw oh, that God. story after 5 p.m. I'm like, <laughs> fuck this guy. If I'd seen that after lunch, I'd be like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> oh, God, that takes us into your favorite part of every single week of this program. Segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah, baby, yeah. That's right, everybody. Overrated and underrated. We take you through this every single week to go through what we think is overrated and underrated. What do you know? Uh, I'll start. Uh, underrated. We've been talking a lot about vaccines here, but I will say the L.A. Wallet app. Have you used this thing? I've got it. Underrated. It's incredible. It is like everything you ever were like, why do I still need to carry around this piece of plastic when I have my phone on me with all of my information? Like, what happens if I lose this little piece of plastic? It's like, I never lose my phone. I don't never lose this app. It's always on there. And your driver's license on there. And then, and then they had it automatically connect to your vaccination status. So all you have to do Instead of carrying that little card around that doesn't fit in your wallet, all you have to do is just show the app. And it's got a little screen, like a little QR code. They could not have made this any easier. It is legitimately shocking this came from Louisiana. I would have thought we'd be the last state to be able to figure this out. And instead, I think we're one of the first. And it's great. And it's super easy. And it's free. And it takes 10 seconds. Uh, they're not a sponsor. They should be. L.A. Wallet app. If you don't have it yet, and I didn't have it till like two weeks ago, because and everybody had told me how great it was, and I didn't have it. It is uh, gotta be the best thing this state has done from like a, a community aspect in forever. Yeah, I uh, I'm completely agreeing with you on this one. I got it about a year ago. I was somewhere. I did not have my license with me. I downloaded the app. I put in my driver's license number. It confirmed everything. 
I'll tell you what this app is bad for. What's that? If you have a bad driver's license photo that you may have gotten in May of 2020, whenever you weighed your heaviest, yeah. and you recently <laughs> shaved your head, <laughs> so now every time you pull it up, you're just like a like a fat Nazi. And it's a much better, clearer picture than on your oh, actual driver's Oh, it's 4K. <laughs> I can see all of my clogged pores. I've got a lot of creases going on there. I look like an old wallet on this thing. <laughs> I am a creasy, greasy man. But uh, it is very easy. And uh, I, I'm having a hard time believing this came out of Louisiana because I, I was a little reluctant on attaching the vaccination thing to it. Sure. You know? Yeah, you don't want, you know. So We're all healthily uh, skeptical of, uh, of Big Gov. But I got to the point, and the point was this card is much larger than my wallet. I don't have the George Costanza wallet where yeah. I can just cram everything into it. <laughs> I have the little gay wallet, you know, you you can't even put a Werther's in it. So I it's, it's petite. Yeah, I had to put the the thing on the L.A. wallet and it it was like, click here and we'll check. And it immediately pulled it up. It was amazing. like, here's when you got it. Here's when it was two weeks after. Yeah, I don't know this stuff. And the machine knows it. You know, all hail technology. Yeah, I think the initial talk, actually, in the Superdome, I know we've talked about it a lot, but, like, the initial conversation was that you had to use the L.A. Wallet app to get in because I guess that was the only one they could really confirm because of so many fake fax cards. And I think they started realizing, like, oh, yeah, we have, like, a lot of fans that don't live in Louisiana and don't have, like, a Louisiana or don't have a Louisiana driver's license right. to get this app. So that seems like the bullshit way to go about uh, that. But it is an amazing app. If you do have a Louisiana driver's license, uh, I, I mean, this state does everything wrong. Everything we do is the dumbest thing ever. Every time we talk about it, we have like the worst attorney general in the history of time. We have a governor who's talking out of his asshole all the time. And yet we have a mayor who doesn't pay her taxes, all these things. And then you've got a state and you're like, oh my God, we have the best app for this that could ever imagine who developed this thing. They've been trying to have an app that properly tracks the streetcar for like 10 years. No chance that works. It doesn't work. The You're WDSU Mardi Gras tracker doesn't work. <laughs> the, the Mardi Gras <laughs> tracker is great. <laughs> they have the car in the front. And they still get it wrong. Uh, but this app actually is something functioning. So congratulations, Louisiana. Uh, we have done it. Let me. I want to point out something that's actually helpful. Uh, if you have an out-of-state license... If you have an out-of-state driver's license, but you got vaccinated in Louisiana, yeah. you can still use the L.A. wallet to show your vaccination Ooh. status. I believe the opposite of that is true, where if you've been vaccinated out of the state and have a Louisiana license now, you can still use the you L.A. Google. wallet app. Well, that is all good to know. That's good information. Google uh, Google it. Google it. So maybe they could force everybody going in there to use L.A. wallet. Give it a gook. Go yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> give it a gook. Uh, that'll take me into overrated. I mentioned it briefly. Uh Replying to tweets. Oh, man. It feels like you should interact with people. Like, oh, this is a good experiment. Like the social media world. Zuckerberg really created something that was going to bring us all together. Connection. We're all going to make this happen. And instead what happens is I tweet something that's fairly innocuous and I think fairly pretty obvious. And instead I get like, you're the worst person ever. You want everyone to die. You want the Pelicans to lose every game. You want everyone to move and you want everyone to hate themselves all the time. <laughs> and then I end up explaining why I'm taking time to explain to you like, no, that's not what I said. Of course, it's not what I said. And that's all that comes back is just 
they're like a heat of a thousand suns from the same like 11 people who are like, fuck you, I hate you, you're the worst, you're the most negative person ever. And it's like, well, why do I even care explaining myself? Because they don't like me. I know they don't like me. And you're replying to like Slim Jim Dad 420. Of course. His <laughs> avatar is a picture of a gun, his profiles, <laughs> Patriot, American, he, him, Venmo, <laughs> at Gun Dad. And people who are tweeting a thousand times a day. Their criticism of you—that's slightly fewer than you. <laughs> but it's like their criticism of you means nothing because they're tweeting all of the time. They're criticizing 500 tweets a day. Yours doesn't even like they're on to the next thing oh, in yeah. 30 seconds. Like it doesn't matter. And instead, I get all pissed off. I'm like, how how could you misinterpret what I'm saying so badly? This is not what I meant. And then I get like 15 back and forth with somebody. For what? Would I win the argument? Have you ever won the argument? Have I ever convinced someone that what I was saying actually was pretty innocuous? I've gone through this a hundred times, and instead it always ends up like, I'm being called the next Clay Travis. And it's like, no, that's not what I said. It's incredible, man. It's just easy and to fall into the trap. And I do it every goddamn time. And every time I'm like, well, you know, I should defend myself. Why? This is... Something I've grappled with quite a bit in my storied Twitter career. (laughs) And I think the thing that always gets me is when I'm replying to someone in my head, they look like me. Yeah. They're my age. Uh Uh-huh. They're of relatively the same educational status. Uh Uh-huh. Social status. There's no fucking age limit (laughs) for Twitter. You know how many times I've probably gotten, I've been arguing with a child at school (laughs) over basketball? (laughs) Or it's like some guy on the tugboat, you know, yeah, just getting oh, exactly. off like, oh, these polk and cush. <laughs> they want to say that Jackson Hayes is the wicker man. I'll respond to them. Uh, <laughs> Dude, it like never you're ceases. you're arguing with a ghost. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. And you're, it's taking away time from your precious children. Yeah, always. Your wife, she needs you, and you're just on your phone tweeting back at Knife Man 69. <laughs> there are literally times where, like, I'll look down and I'll be so mad, and I'll spend 20 to 25 minutes crafting replies in an argument, and then I'll realize, like, where did that 20 to 25 minutes go? It disappeared from my life. It is gone. It's gone forever. Meanwhile, my kids are jumping off the roof and, you know, like, and I, just, I don't even <laughs> look at them, you know, like, I don't know what they're, you know, swimming in the deep end. Like, yeah, they're taking their first steps. <laughs> I was like, this is nuts. So, uh, yeah, on paper, it seems like a great thing to connect to strangers on Twitter. And it turns out it's probably the dumbest thing I could possibly do yeah. in my day. You're like, hold on, children. Daddy has to tell Kendrick <laughs> Perkins he looks like the peanut M&M. Hold on. <laughs> What's that? Oh, your first words? I missed it. Whatever. No big deal. Oh, baby. Well, that takes us into my favorite part of every single week on this here program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst. The worst. The worst is always the worst thing I saw or read this week. It can be a tweet. It can be a news story. It can be anything. Email us your worst, polkandkush at gmail.com. Found this one this week. Uh, WMTV in Madison, Wisconsin, an NBC affiliate out there. Bidgers. Wisconsin woman using guns laser sight to play with cat 
Shoots friend. <laughs> Authorities say a Wisconsin woman. This is already a great excuse just to shoot someone. Oh, my God. Authorities say a Wisconsin woman accidentally shot a friend while using the laser sight on a handgun to play with a cat. A criminal complaint charging the 19-year-old woman with negligent use of a weapon says she was visiting a Kenosha apartment Tuesday where a 21-year-old man had brought a handgun. Oh, my Lord. According to the complaint filed (laughs) Thursday, the woman, who a witness said had been drinking, of course. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) One, this is a story out of Wisconsin. Yes. They're drinking. Of course. Picked up the handgun, turned on the laser sight, and was pointing it at the floor to get the cat to chase it when the gun went off. Authorities say the man was shot in the thigh and taken to the hospital for treatment. I've never used a laser sight on a gun before. But is it not? It's not on the trigger, right? Uh, Depending on the type of gun it was, from this photo, it appears to be a Glock or something of that sort. The laser would be on the underside of it. But it would still be pointing to where the barrel should be if it's aligned correctly. Isn't there like a safety? Isn't there something like... There is a safety on, on the gun. Yeah. How did you pull the trigger? Well, <laughs> you have 18 of Milwaukee's best. They're not Milwaukee's worst. Of course, you're going to feel like John Wick. I just like that's inc- like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, like I've got a real itch. I'm going to scratch myself with the gun. <laughs> like, what would you, that's the laser pointer. You well, it's need? like Chief Wiggum trying to turn off the TV with the gun. <laughs> Can you imagine this story? Is not like huge. If this bitch had shot the cat, oh man, whoa, just head blown off. We would not have heard a word about the Taliban this <laughs> week. It would have been all the cat shooting lady. Dude, I have a fun game to play. Let me go get my gun <laughs> so we can play with the cat. Always a great start of a <laughs> sentence. I'd Let me get the gun. So I can play on the floor with a cat. You know what a cat gets amused by? Not just laser pointers. Literally anything. Yeah. You could throw a sock. You could hand just your keys. Anything would have worked. Not attached to a firearm. How pissed would you be if you got shot for that? Oh, man. I mean, I'd just kill me. Like, if you're going to shoot me like that, I want you to just shoot me dead. I mean, this guy could have been dead. It says he was shot in the thigh. I don't think people realize there's like, uh, uh, what do they call them? A lot of veins. Arteries. Arteries, yeah, a lot going on there. All sorts of stuff in the leg. You can easily die from getting shot in the leg. Yeah, it's not like shooting spider in the foot, you know? Now, was someone filming this for TikTok? Almost had to be, right? I would think so. That video's been taken to the evidence lab. Does Bam Margera live in Madison, Wisconsin now? Now, this story does not say whether Jackass 4 is still filming. (laughs) The laser scope on guns is also removable, so she could have just removed it. And then, but of course, we're acting acting like we don't know why this is fun. This is fun fun. if you're drunk. That's so fun. Waving a gun Uh around at the cat. The cat's running after the gun. 
I'm having a blast yeah. just thinking about it. Like I know why she did it. It's like when your friend goes to the bathroom and the bathroom's right by the dartboard and you just throw the dart at the dartboard. Yep. <laughs> You're pretending that you knew, you know, like, oh, that was a mistake. It's like, no, it's a fun game. Yeah. See how close we can get to something horribly dangerous happening. All having a pretty safe understanding that we're not going to do that. This person, however, not smart enough <laughs> to, to, to miss and Pulling the trigger there is wild. Like, it takes a lot of force to pull the trigger on one of those guns. It's not like a, it's not a BB gun, it's not a laser gun pointer. Like, it takes a little bit of force. Like, how hard were you pressing the laser? After, again, the Milwaukee's best, maybe <laughs> some feelings Superman. gone, yeah. <laughs> you're just squeezing around. Maybe she's arguing with this guy. Maybe this jerk is saying, hey, quit waving the gun yeah, around, exactly. crazy. Hey, dumb bitch, why don't you put the gun down? And then it comes very easy. Boom! Yeah, I've got you right in the sight. Maybe the cat was like, shoot him. Yeah, not me. <laughs> the, the nine lives that. things, that's <laughs> fake news. Fake news. Uh, <laughs> that is, dude, what a great story. That is so much better than the Taliban. <laughs> Everything about the Taliban made me very sad. That story made me... I mean, someone got shot, and it still made me laugh very hard. The Taliban, it was so bad, it didn't even make the worst. It, it was like, no, <laughs> like that's, that's to the worst. John, we have to go with John the John Walker Lind uh, celebrates today after uh, 20 years. Uh, yeah, dude, that is... Uh, wow, that's quite a story. It was quite a story. And this has been quite a podcast. See that segue? I'm a master. Rate, subscribe, tell a friend. Follow us on Twitter at Polk and Kush. That's me. Kush on there is Scott D. Kushner. He's always replying to people, so see if you can get him riled up. Send us an email, polkandkush at gmail.com. We are sponsored by Ale on Oak, as you heard earlier, and also Jansen Patagna at French Quarter Realty. The theme song and music you've heard tonight is by Mike Wiebe of Riverboat Gamblers and Draculas. Download his podcast, Zach and Mike Make Three. It's with the guy from Rise Against. It's very good. It's on iTunes. Uh, if you like what you heard, tell somebody. If not, keep quiet. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much. See ya! See ya!